Our like pre banter used to be hey Craig when Craig hey, would Craig. come in to record yeah. and now it's like you gotta make sure everything's recording <laughs> all the volume is up I want to layer all of those to get like an acapella off. mic check one two Oh god. It's like one of those ones where it's like keeps repeating and it's just uh, yeah. by the end. For like one of our anniversaries, just a cut of all those. Yeah, that's how we open it. Just eradicate people's ears. <laughs> uh hey Tori, how are you? Hey Paul. I'm uh surviving. Yeah. Surviving. Uh listeners don't know, but the wife has COVID. It's happened. Mm. Three years, though. That's a good run. That's a good run. Especially for someone who works in a hospital. Yeah. Yeah. You do push your luck going to a concert, so. (laughs) And that was on them. (laughs) How are you, Pollyon? Paul Lorella? My mustache is gone. The mustache has been... Yeah, rest in peace. It will return. It will return. (laughs) Almost immediately, but... Why? I'm Why did taking, you say goodbye? Did your mom finally? We're taking, win? F- we're taking family pictures for my grandma. Your mom did win. My mom, <laughs> my mom guilted me into getting rid of the mustache for Why? the family pictures. So <laughs> once the family pictures have been taken this coming weekend, uh, the mustache will be returning. Are you gonna do that very bro thing of no shave November? Yeah, probably. Well, no, because I'll I'll shave like my cheeks mm. and chin because. I get very patchy there. I can't grow a beard. Oh, no, no dwarven beard. I'm not much. I'm not much of a dwarf. <laughs> I'm more of a. I'm more of a stewer in okay, that I grow okay. a, a little bit of hair <laughs> on my cheeks, but it never really fills in that well. Gotcha. So. <laughs> but yes, yes, yes. This is this is my cross to bear, and I will continue on with it. Well, rest in peace, Dash. Until we meet again. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but for now we just we're chugging along. It's the beautiful month of October. Spooky. I have my months. window open. We got chill a chill breeze coming through. I was thinking of ready our... to start carving pumpkins. Oh yeah. I was thinking of our bonus pod and any like spooky stories that I have. And I don't have much scary stories, but I do have like a mm-hmm. Tehachapi small town mystery that I can tell. Mysterious mystery, count. yeah. October is a very mysterious month, and maybe I'll throw in like a creepy pasta that's been told to me. Yeah, any any stories you've been told? I really want you to tell uh, your uh, like, was it a Bigfoot when you were like in that cabin? It was Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah that was a good story. It wasn't a cabin; it was just my friend's house, but. Again, that's like you gotta get to know me to hear that one. So while you may, you guys might pay me, mm. it's gotta be like in a car late at night as we're driving. So that what I story you are you story. gonna tell? Uh, thing is, I've written a few oh. that I just have never really. A Paul Creepy Pasta original. Paul Creepy Pasta. A yeah, spook spooks and scares. <laughs> Last you can just imagine us with flashlights underneath our chins. Around the campfire, I can put like a uh, like a crackling oh, campfire sound effect behind it, and we can. It's like we're camping Vibes. and we're telling spooky stories. Maybe when we record it, I'll turn off all the lights, <laughs> and I will put like a little flashlight below. We'll record it late at night and get like a hot apple cider or 
Uh, oh. uh, what was that other drink where you put alcohol in it? Hot hot toddy. Uh, hot toddy. Yeah. Hot toddy. Yes, Vibes. Yes, yes. Classic. <laughs> Classic for cold weather. And what were you gonna say? Uh, last time we were chatting, I don't know if it was the pod recording or the B movie, but you were eating your pumpkin candies <laughs> that I still have yet to try. Yes. That were the big debate last October. I can't believe we've already have like. We could say like last October, last year, when we we're recording. Oh, for the we're gonna pod. keep saying we're gonna be like fifty, and we're gonna <laughs> be like watching like like our kids will be coming to visit us from college, and we'll just be like, "Oh, can you believe we've been friends for twenty five years?" That's how, that's how you know uh, you're old. <laughs> that's how you know you're old. Uh, are you dressing up for anything for Halloween? No, I'm not. Thing is, like being away from just friend groups where i am right now yeah i just don't do much for halloween whatsoever you know and i i'd love to i i most certainly will when mm-hmm. i move to la but it, it for now it's just it, it's not passing mm. it's not working out fair fair so i for my most of my like halloween nights are just spent inside with just something warm to drink Some maybe a movies. scary movie on like a classic scary movie like Halloween. That's very much and in then, like Paul Core. I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> yeah, it's. I have skeleton lights. Where are my skeletons? Oh, cute! They're little skull lights that I won at a youth at a youth group thing when I was still going to youth group. Uh, Spooky, yeah, scary skeletons. Spooky skeletons. Senseless look just fun. <laughs> that's 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 my Halloween vibe, really. Cute. I support it. Do we have anything else we want to talk about? Uh, it feels like we haven't so. talked in a while, but it's been a week. We've been doing well at being pretty consistent. Pretty <laughs> giving consistent, you some extra yeah. time to edit. Uh, no, we, I, we mentioned the bonus pod. Oh, for the hero tier of our patrons, Paul is finally going to watch Twilight. So, yes, y'all are in for a treat. I am so excited. Twilight started showing up on my TikTok, and I've just been like, I can't wait till Paul sees this scene. You're gonna be so many, so many groans, uh... just like, uh. <laughs> what a thrill. Anyway, so uh, in that case, I suppose we better get started. Let's go. In three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Silly Marillion. I am your host, Paul, a lore nerd when it comes to all things Tolkien, and I'm slowly regretfully saying I'm getting back into A Song of Ice and Fire as well, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Joining me is my friend Tori, who knows nothing, well, not nothing of the world nothing of Tolkien. Anymore. She's learning much more. In fact, we, she, in fact, I think she knows much more about the lore than she does about the actual books of Lord of the Rings. So please welcome Tori. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me this week. It's an honor to be a oh, guest a on pleasure. this show. A pleasure, as always. A reoccurring guest a co-host. A guest. Always. It's insulting to hear you call yourself a guest. 
You are, you are the foundation the upon which this this entire thing. Okay, we're both the foundation. We're just on opposite sides of the building. And together, we create this lovely together, home. We hold, we hold it up. We hold it aloft. <laughs> but yes, we are continuing Tori's foray into the actual Lord of the Rings books. The books, the books. And the books, the books. We're finally there. We're finally what getting to what everyone wanted us to get to. Like, I realized that our whole shtick started with reading the Silmarillion, but let's face it. When people heard that you hadn't read Lord of the Rings yet, you know, at least I know some people in particular, they were just waiting for you to get Truly. to Lord of the Rings so they can My wife come, like, follow along with us. <laughs> oh, definitely. It, are they are they reading along with us again, or are they just kind of sitting back and watching the chaos? Uh, Kind of. They they were like, oh yeah, I was reading and listening to the audiobook, but they haven't stopped. So they're like already almost done with fellowship. So not reading along uh, at the, you know, pace that we are. But they listened to the first episode of this book and I was like, wow, you're listening to the podcast now. <laughs> so that was also a reoccurring joke of like, Steph does not listen to the podcast. Well, we gotta at least get them on for the uh, Tom Bombadil chapter yeah. and they can explain their love of tom bombadil to me because while i don't hate him i'm also not like, like uh, i'm like what's the deal yeah, what's up with this guy <laughs> what's up with this fella that's coming For up now, i heard it's though, like chapter six i think because molly was talking chapter... to me about which one she wants to join in yes again. tom bombadil appears in chapter six hangs around in chapter seven and then goes into chapter eight of wow, it i didn't know that he was such a big character big lad I, here he seems he seems to be like the lord of the rings cryptid to me i'm like is he real he is he kind Does of is he, he is the lord of the rings cryptid yeah you'll know for sure once you actually start uh moving along in the story and then freaking shane was yes. like i can't wait till you meet figwit figwit is that the name figwit oh, and i was like okay. who is I'm gonna, that i'm gonna character? level with you I'm gonna level with you. Figwit is not real yeah, in the books. I looked it up because the films, I was laughed the films, at, and I was like, "How dare you gaslight me?" I was there me. when you were laughed at. Ugh. I was I was present when Shane was gaslighting you. Rude, rude. Anyway, truly. So we have we're continuing, of course, with chapter three. Three is company. Uh, where our intrepid heroes actually technically begin their journey. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is basically my introduction. Thank <laughs> you for coming to my introduction. <laughs> Glad you could join us. Um, uh, so, again, I've actually been writing notes. I've been... John Paul. My thing is, my thing is, is that I, when I'm at work, I put on the chapter... Uh, audiobook while I'm working mm. and I'm mm. listening to it and as I do I jot down little elements uh that I'm like oh that's interesting I like that <laughs> mine is filled with like underlining and like written in the margins little things exclamation point hearts yeah yeah just you're, you're basically the teenage girl's lord of the rings <laughs> <laughs> I never used to write in books that was such a cardinal sin uh, but I started doing it for a podcast because, wow, yeah, I was like, this is this is the what best way for me to like really follow along and talk about what's going on. So, 
And I suppose it's it truly is like a sign of love that you're willing to break your cardinal sin yeah. First for the podcast. Through, it's like when I read through this again now, it'll be like, oh, Tori, this is so cute. You like wrote this or underlined this. Yeah. Yeah. You'd never catch me writing in a book. I'm sorry. <laughs> Even little notes and indentations. Like, you know, you're not. You're not catching me defiling a book like that. I like it my felt books very crisp. wrong I like the first my books time I clean. did it. I was like, oh, this hurts yeah. a little. <laughs> and maybe if I do like a reread of A Song of Ice and Fire, I might start taking notes mm. on some interesting elements. But anyway, so three is company. Uh, my first note is that Frodo refers to his birthday as our birthday. Yes, I underlined he can't that too. Con- he can't contemplate himself being an individual. He's always going to either put Bilbo ahead of him or at least on equal footing. He is and that never makes me so sad. Going... Like, I want Frodo just to, yeah. like, have a little moment to himself. Like, my birthday. Yeah. Like, like this is by for this you, point, Frodo. Bilbo's been gone for a decade. For years. Yeah. For years. And Frodo still refers to it as our birthday when talking to Gandalf. And the fact, wasn't it like the first birthday after he still, like, celebrated Bilbo, even though Bilbo wasn't there? Oh, yeah, like the hundred, wait, he still celebrates. Yeah. He still throws birthday parties every year Bilbo, for him and Bilbo. do something for yourself. Also, that capitalization of our birthday it makes me think of the fucking Bugs Bunny meme with him pushing something, like, or, like, pulling something with, like, the Soviet f- flag behind him. And it's just, like, our birthday. It is, it is an event. What, what, uh, um, how early on, how many notes do you have early on? That was, uh, on the, the first page, where he's, he's kind of deciding what to, he knows he needs to leave. But he's trying to figure out how to leave. And I like that he yeah. did decide to do it on on d- their birthday. Because it their follows birthday. a little bit of, like, Bilbo's adventure. Like, he wanted an adventure, so why not follow a little bit in the footsteps? Um, he's trying to get as much of Bilbo's adventure in as he can, because he already knows it's not going to be that. Yeah, which is uh, also a little I wrote sad. down... I wrote down, I I am fascinated, I'm in love with the juxtaposition of Frodo going on, uh, of Bilbo going on a quest to find a treasure, but Frodo is looking to get rid of one. Mm-hmm. And it's just, for as much as we say, oh, Frodo's just like Bilbo going on an adventure. No, he's the dark reflection of Bilbo yeah. going on an adventure. This is, again, the The Hobbit was written for children. So, of course, it's going to have a happy, fun adventure. Mm. This is the adult adventure where it's, yeah, sure, it's fun and interesting. Cool shit happens. People are going to die. But people, people aren't going to come back the same. And, again, we always hearken back to Tolkien's experiences in the First World yeah. War. And really Bilbo's adventure is what they thought they were going to be getting when they were going off to war. What they got was Frodo's ad- adventure where... They not all of them come back, mm-hmm. and those that do are coming back irrevocably changed. And and they showed it, yeah, how much yeah. Bilbo was really changed more in this book than in The Hobbit. You could really oh, yeah. see that. And I want to read out that quote because yeah. it is really good. Um, Bilbo went to find a treasure there and back again. Shout out. 
but I go to lose one and not return as far as I can see. And like, that just, that thought alone is so sad that like, he's expecting not to come back to the Shire. Yeah. That's so sad. He's, he's, he's fully going into it, being like, I most likely will die. Dark. And that's where I'm at. Dark. And then my next uh, little note that I underlined was, I will take Sam to visit the elves. He will be delighted. And I'll just, yes. I am I am Sam. <laughs> Please take me, Mr. Frodo, to go see the elves. It is. Uh, I also put in, uh, Mary is his realtor, uh, going to find yeah. him a house. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I need, <laughs> I need, like, someone to take, like, one of those, like, real, uh, reality signs, <laughs> and then, like, put, like, Mary's face on it. <laughs> like, Mary Brandybuck, realtor. Just looking out for great places. Also, the, his new home is my favorite. If ever I have, if ever I have money to build my own Hobbit hole, I'm calling it Crick Hollow, mm. because I love the name Crick Hollow. That's very cute. In the country it's beyond Hobbity. Buckleberry. Yeah, in the country beyond Buckleberry, which is uh you have the Shire and then you have the Brandywine River kind of forming its uh eastern border. And then beyond the Brandywine is Buckland, where Mary is from, mm-hmm. which is like this little colony basically of the Shire. And Buckleberry is the main town, I believe, in Buckland. And Crick Hollow is just beyond that. But I think we get like a whole paragraph explaining what Buckland is. Oh, okay. On, so yeah, I thought that was a very uh, I cute... when we actually reach it. Oh, before even getting to him, like, buying a little house, uh, I was shocked that he sold Bag End to the Saxville Bagginses. To the Bagginses. I was like, what? An astonishing piece what? of news reached the Ivy Bush and Green Dragon. Giants and other portents on the borders of the Shire were forgotten for more important matters. Mr. Frodo was selling Bag End. Indeed, he had already sold it to the Sackville Bagginses. Like, I get out of here with those giants and evil creatures lurking on the borders. We got real issues. Frodo <laughs> just sold his house to the most hated people around. Truly, really, you know, that was like the talk of the town. It was like oh, it was yeah. like when Ned cheated on his wife and left the Try Guys. <laughs> Uh, I'm picturing this now is like news. the gaffer. The gaffer is Eugene, finding out that he's got to live next to Lobelia Sackville Baggins now. <laughs> Even given how rude Lobelia is about the the gaffer, like yeah, I could I couldn't we'll believe it. We'll couldn't get... believe it. Um, and I but I apologize I love... for when you go to edit this portion because my mic definitely peaked when I was screaming about that. Oh, don't worry. I can <laughs> I can always bring it down. I might even just keep it in so that people will wake up a bit and be like, "Oh, we should listen to him." Uh, so uh, he he sells bag end. I was I was shocked. Could not believe. Oh, and then this is this when Gandalf comes. Oh no, he's still chatting about what to do and warns Frodo again not to use the ring, and he is going. Yes. Beyond the southern borders, do we know what he's news. doing? Will it be brought up later, or is it just like it will be brought up? But stuff? currently, it was. It is. I always read it as Gandalf can't sit still. 
he has some disorder that does not allow him to sit still. He needs to peak be doing ADHD. something at peak ADHD. He needs to be doing something at all times. And so, like, yeah, he's waiting with Frodo, but he's also like, I don't know what's going on in the world. No real news gets into the Shire. He needs to go mm, out of the Shire to get that little, kind of news. And bear in mind, he has told Frodo that while he's been gone, watchful eyes have been watching the Shire in his place. Mm. He is also probably going to meet with those watchful eyes to gather what news he can. Mm. Um, those watchful eyes being... No, what? No, I'm not going to tell. Because mm. oh, it's I a fun see. little... It's a fun little character reveal as you find out who's been watching the Shire. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Put it. I also. I also love how Frodo like implies at first that like oh he's running out of money, he's a spendthrift, he's a he's just a a real, a real playboy spending all his money on everything. Uh, but then people imp- imply also that he's just trying to get as far away from the Sackville Bagginses as possible. He must be some, like, shitty... I was gonna say in-laws, but it's not like... The way that they're described, they're it sounds they're like They're just how extended family. Yeah. yeah, they are extended family. We have, of course, the uh, part where Sam is going to go with him on the excuse of to tend his garden. Uh, and I feel like a lot of the people in the Shire were already like, oh, they're going to get gay married out in Buckland. He's going to tend his garden. <laughs> and that's what they said before with that, like, or maybe it was Molly that said in, like, Tolkien's original draft, there's nothing about, like, Hobbit weddings, but he kind of threw in that they just, like, leave and then come back married. And then come back married. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, of course that's what they elope. Frodo's going to do. They're gonna go yeah. to uh Vegas, which is uh <laughs> what what's a good Vegas like town that's near the Shire? Elope and then near come the back. Shire? Yeah. Yeah. Probably I mean Bree is the closest town to the Shire, so So Bree will have a drive through uh chapel where <laughs> they just go on horseback, get married with a uh honeymoon. With an Elvis impersonator. Yeah. An Elvish impersonator. There you go. <laughs> I I com- I admit oh, I man. stole that joke from Veggie Tales, The Lord of the Beans. Oh, the Lord of the Beans. We gotta watch Lord of the we Beans. We gotta put at that the in the queue. Yeah. The memes. The memes are gonna be off oh, the rails. Oh my god. I I do like how um. We have this going away party. So I love first off how they finish all the wine so the Sackville Bagginses don't get any. Smart. So shocked. And... So shocked that he sold it to them. Yes. I hope I hope they paid a pretty penny and didn't get like a family and friends discounts. <laughs> I don't want them getting the idea that we're family or friends. Exactly. We have um the Oh, uh Frodo looking at his reflection in the mirror going, "Oh man, I need to get into training. I need <laughs> I'm getting fat. I'm I'm getting heavy. And he has a walk ahead. He has to turn into a buff hobbit. I also love how uh, Frediger Bolger, is that the name? His, uh, Bolger, yeah. Uh nickname is Fatty. And that Yes, Fatty that, Bolger. That was an important note to throw in and I can't wait to create 
this like really cool D&D Hobbit character and give them the silliest name. Nickname. Philip Brent Grimble Bimble. Bingo Bongo Fatty. Uh, and I thought it was so sad. Okay, first of all, that Frodo still shares a birthday with Bilbo. And then Gandalf leaves and says he'll be back for his birthday. And then he never shows up. Which, granted, he's probably gone doing important things, but uh, that's just, just like another knife in the heart that yeah. he's, like, waiting for him to show up, and he, he doesn't. Sad. He's just waiting. And then he just has a birthday little dinner with uh, Fredegar Fatty. Uh, Falco, yeah. Mary, and Pippin. And I thought it was interesting because I just expected Sam to be there. But I guess they're not really, He's... like, close friends at this point. It's still kind of, like, employee. I'm, I am actually kind of shocked that Sam didn't come along because he's one of the conspirators now. Yeah. He's one of the... I was like, where's Sam? One of the ones working for No, it. Sam and Gandalf yeah. didn't show up. It just seems like a very sad kind of yes party... Where he's also leaving, and they don't know he's leaving. I hope Frodo has a, a good party for himself later on. Hmm. Maybe I'll throw one. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, we have, yeah, then we have the Sackville Baggins is arriving to make sure that the sale went through. I love the <laughs> description of, um... Ours at last, said Lobelia as she stepped inside. It was not polite nor strictly true, for the sale of Bag End did not take effect until midnight, but Lobelia can perhaps be forgiven. She had been obliged to wait about 77 years longer for Bag End than she once hoped, and she was now 100 years old. How long do hobbits live? Like, is she even going to be enjoying this for very long? A while, uh, because it said, uh... Otho had died at, I believe they said, the disappointed age of like a hundred and something. Hundred and two. Hundred and two. So that was like, yeah. if disappointed, that was kind of young, I guess, for a hobbit. Well, not young, because they say it was like early the decent to die. age, but he had been, he was probably, he had probably been going to like, he's, you know, he was trying to one up, uh, Bilbo. Mm. You know, they have this rivalry. Bilbo was cheating because he had a magic ring that extended his lifetime. But, like, they didn't know that. So they're like, oh, if we die now, he wins. And we can't allow it. And then just, oh, her being uh, the absolute worst about the gaffer because Frodo's like, the spare key, we're going to leave with the gaffer. Uh, so he can get into the house and, like, make sure things are sorted. Yeah. And maybe get his, like, gardening tools or something. Uh and uh, she snorted and showed plainly that she thought the Gamgees capable of plundering the hole during the night. Frodo did not offer her any tea. Good. Good on you, Frodo. Good. No tea for Lobelia. Stand your ground. <laughs> they And I also love how they left the washing up for Lobelia. Mm -hmm. They left all their dirty dishes in the sink for her. If she wants those spoons, she can clean them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, Frodo heading out uh to look at the stars uh, while waiting for Gandalf. And this is the part... Okay, I love this chapter because this is our first little bits of horror. Mm. And it is the horror that one would associate with the... Like the Halloween movies where the killer gets into the house. The killer is in your oh, safe yeah. place. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. 
this is the Shire. You're supposed to be safe here. Mm. But now we have strangers asking questions. We have hooded figures riding horses, seeking after people on the roads, that sort of thing. Yeah. And the fact that this is implied, it's implied that this is a ring wraith right here talking to Ga uh, Gaffer Gamgee. Uh, I was wondering um, that. Yeah, a big cloaked man. Mm -hmm. uh, and the fact that how the gaffer is kind of put out by this, like he's scared. And we have uh, Frodo wondered vaguely why the fact that they did not come on up the hill seemed a great relief because he had heard all that. Yeah. And like just missed it him. would have been yeah just missed him the story would have ended before it even began and especially yeah. after uh gandalf just told him all the bad things related to the ring and all the people looking for the ring i don't know how frodo slept at all and didn't just like rush out to leave i guess i mean there are people watching and looking after him but yeah and like, it's one thing to be told something, and another to experience something that yeah. implies that it's very close at hand. Ugh, and this is first real brush with possibly being caught. Uh, we have then Frodo and Pippin and Sam setting out. Uh, Sam was saying goodbye to the beer barrel in the <laughs> cellar. Uh, says he'll last a bit longer now. Uh, they send him down to give his dad the key and then when he comes back he's wearing the stupidest hat that's so cute that's a felt it's a bag that he calls a hat a tall shapeless felt bag a tall shapeless felt bag that he called a hat <laughs> uh and i love how he's also described as looking like a dwarf simply because he's got all these pots and pans and everything on him all this tramping gear he's he's one of those people that when you go camping he is like but like like packing everything he's got and he's just got this mattress. massive backpack <laughs> and he's like all right let's go even to the point where like frodo jokes about him like grabbing all the he like frodo yeah, apparently having so all cute. the heaviest stuff and then uh sam almost being like a good boyfriend being like oh i i can i can take some more and then pippin being like don't you take advantage of that frodo baggins you <laughs> are carrying barely anything and sam is doing all the legwork here so cute. I love that interaction and just like already that glimpse of their relationship. Both yes. like Sam and Pippin. Exactly. Exactly. And then they start heading off to Buckland? Buckland? Yeah, they're on their way. Uh, it'll take a little bit, but they are heading out and uh, essentially going to cross over country. They're not really going to take the main roads. I could... Yeah. If I had a map, I could show you the map of the Shire. But essentially, they're heading south over the water from Buckland. Uh, uh, from Bank End, I mean. They're going into the Green Hill Country, which is where the Tooks live. I'm opening my map that over I recently learned is on the back of this book. Yes. All you really need to know. All you really need to know is they're heading south and then east. Okay. Um, so, they set out they go on their little journey come to a little spot to spend the night and then my favorite part about this is animals come in and look at them and, and we fox? have an inquisitive fox He's chatting of oh, course this is the only this is the only talk this is the only fox pov we get <laughs> we don't get any other animal povs this is the only animal pov so random I feel jimmy like so random he's still 
Well, at the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring, I think he's still transitioning from his mindset of children's book mm. to adult book. So you have this moment where you have a, a fox going, Hobbits, what next? I've heard of strange doings in this land, but <laughs> Hobbits sleeping out of doors is under a tree. Three of them. There's something mighty queer behind this. He was quite right, but he never found out any more about it. So he didn't read Lord of the Rings. He didn't know <laughs> what happened with that. He stopped reading at this point. It's so cute that, like, that's the way that Jimmy decides he wants to tell us how weird the situation is. It's like, oh, here comes a fox. And this fox talks. It's going to tell us how yeah, weird this, this fox, is. Yeah, this fox is going to tell us why hobbits aren't usually found that's sleeping outdoors. Three of them. So basically we have this, uh, they wake up, Pippin is such a mood with, what's so beautiful about it? When Frodo's like, it's a beautiful morning. It's like, mood Pippin. I, I sympathize entirely. He's like, no, I'm hangry. I still need food and coffee. They do all the camping things of getting the water and filling their water bottles. Repacking their blankets. Yes, they, they set out again. And as they get tired, uh, they see uh, the Woody End, which is this large kind of forest in the Shire that they're going to walk through to get to the Brandywine River. And of course, Sam has never been this far from home before, so immediately he's wide-eyed and they haven't even left the Shire yet. <laughs> and I love how he immediately goes, do elves live in those woods? So cute. He can't wait to see them. Yeah. Mood, Sam, mood. And then we get Frodo's little walking song. Yeah. I can, you want me to sing the walking song? Of course song? I do. The road goes ever on and on Down from the door where it began Now far ahead the road has gone And I must follow if I can Pursuing it with eager, with weary feet, until it joins some larger way where many paths and errands meet, and whither then I cannot say. Clap, 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 applause. And Pippin's like, oh, that sounds like some of old Bilbo's <laughs> rhyming, or is it one of your imitations? Uh, and. Frodo says, it's it's mine. It's mine, actually. I came up with it. <laughs> I think that's... It reminds me very much of Bilbo. I think that's so cute that, like, Bilbo's songs, they just have such a way and rhythm that they're so distinct enough for Pippin to be like, that sounds like Bilbo. It gave me, like, a if I heard a song and thinking, like, oh, that sounds like a Taylor Swift song. She must be a writer in it. Yeah. Like, so cute. So cute. It's the fact that these hobbits have heard Bilbo rhyming mm -hmm. and singing so much that they're used to this kind of setup, this kind of music, these lyrics. I love uh, Frodo's little thing that Bilbo used to say with, for him. Yeah, he, he used often to say there was only one road, that it was like a great river. Its springs were at every doorstep, and every path was its tributary. It's a dangerous business, Frodo, going out of your door, he used to say. You step into the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. Do you realize that this is the very path that goes through Mirkwood? And if you let it, it might take you to the Lonely Mountain, or even further, into worse places? He used to say that on the path outside the front door at Bag End, especially after he had been out for a long walk. 
It's such and reminiscing on like his last adventure. Exactly. And, and how he ties it so keenly to every road. How mm-hmm. he's like, did you know that this road actually leads to the Lonely Mountain? It's like, well, it doesn't necessarily lead to the Lonely if Mountain. You take it but far it, enough. It's where his journey, yeah, that's where his yeah. journey began. There used to and be. I love that moment. Uh, in Westwood, which is like the little town community around UCLA, uh, mm-hmm. I I noticed on one of the sidewalks there was a little plaque and it said like all roads lead to Westwood, and I kept seeing it and it was that a very similar concept and it had on the, each plaque like a different town in the U.S. and like it's like that street would lead to where you were in Westwood. Oh, yeah, nice. that's it very, cute. Very cute, and this whole concept just reminded me as like, yeah, it all leads more or less around like two adventures or far off places, all back to kind of where they are in Bag End. Yeah, and it makes you just realize how interconnected the world in general is. You could, I could walk out my door and just start heading for LA. The number of times I have looked on Google Maps and tried to find just a random route to LA from where <laughs> I live. And like I sometimes I'm I end up going too far north and then I'm like oh I, I better start heading south. It's a very it's very much That's a cute. I'm bored at work kind of thing. <laughs> but I I think it's very fun and I've I've enjoyed it. Um, Such an adventurous yes. spirit. Oh, I wouldn't say that. I would not say that at all about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, just the thought of like I'm looking very at much it and being a like, this could. I don't know. It's like. It makes you it's feel... Very, it's very Frodo-like, because Frodo spends all that time poring over maps and stuff yeah. and trying to get... It's and wanting the to go idea, on his own adventure. Yeah, it's the idea of going on an adventure without actually leaving home, but being able to like look out and imagine, like, oh, what would it be like if I went out this way, or mm-hmm. if, I, if I decided to scale these mountains over here? That's my favorite thing to do when I'm traveling internationally is just to go yeah. take a random turn and walk around. Just to vibe. Yeah. All right. Oh, the... then uh, then we get some action here. A little bit. Yes. A little bit of uh, not not drama. Drama is not the word, but a mysterious uh, figure kind of yes. comes up to where they're walking on their road. Uh. I'm going to just kind of read this out because it's kind of very kind of ominous. Round the corner came a black horse, no hobbit pony, but a full-sized horse. And on it sat a large man who seemed to crouch in the saddle, wrapped in a great black cloak and hood, so that only his boots and the high stirrups showed below. His face was shadowed and invisible. When it reached the tree and was level with Frodo, the horse stopped. The riding figure sat quite still with his head with its head bowed, as if listening. From inside the hood came a noise as if someone sniffing to catch an elusive scent. The head turned from side to side of the road. A sudden, unreasoning fear of discovery laid hold of Frodo, and he thought of his ring. He hardly dared to breathe, and yet the desire to get it out of his pocket became so strong that he began to slowly move his hand. He felt that he had only to slip it on and then he would be safe. The advice of Gandalf seemed absurd. Bilbo had used the ring. And I am still in the Shire, he thought, as his hand touched the chain on which it hung. At that moment the rider sat up and shook the reins. 
The horse stepped forward, walking slowly at first, and then breaking into a quick trot. Well, I call that very queer and indeed disturbing. Very queer and indeed disturbing. Yeah. That was a great way to, like, set the mood. It's this yes. spooky guy on a horse. And this just kind of, like, when the hair stands up on your neck and it just doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right. Yeah. I always associate that with the idea of the sniffing. Like, this mm. isn't necessarily a person. This is almost animalistic. Yeah. That it's someone, like a bloodhound, trying to sniff out the scent. Yeah. When I first read that, I thought it was the horse sniffing. Because I'm like, that's what animals do. Yeah. No, it's it's the rider yeah. who's sniffing. And the fact that Pippin kind of lan lan latches onto that, he's like, oh, that's probably very important. The sniffing's probably very important. <laughs> what about the sniffing? And then Sam uh, reveals that he knows where this black-cloaked fellow came from. He's from Bag End. Mm -hmm. And then he reveals that the gaffer confronted one of these uh, black riders. I like how Sam at once is like, there might be more than one. Uh, he kind of lends into, which, good hobbit sense, Sam. Good hobbit <laughs> sense. And he didn't mention it uh, until now. I love how they call it big people and big folk. Um, yeah, big folk. That's so cute. That's their name. That's their name for humans. <laughs> so they they keep going on into the forest. And I love how they find this little almost tree house. Okay, I love how they make this little home in the tree for a little bit. Where they start a little fire inside and kind of warm up in this hollowed out tree. I think that's very cute for hobbits to do. <laughs> it's almost it's almost like those pictures of like squirrels having their own like houses in trees. That's that's what I always think of when They're I like think of practically them. the size of squirrels, so same, same. Oh yeah, oh yeah, practically, totally. <laughs> hobbits are totally the size of squirrels. Hobbits are squirrels. That's my that's our new uh crack theory. Hobbits <laughs> are just squirrels. Um and then uh, they head on again, but they have uh, a, another walking song that uh, I will sing again. <clears throat> Upon the hearth the fire is red, beneath the roof there is a bed, but not yet weary are our feet. Still round the corner they may meet, a sodden tree or a standing stone that none have seen but we alone. Tree and flower and leaf and grass, let them pass, let them pass. Hill and water under sky, pass them by, pass them by. Still round the corner there may wait a new road or a secret gate. And though we pass them by today, tomorrow we may come this way and take the hidden paths that run towards the moon or to the sun. Apple, thorn, and nut, and slow, let them go, let them go, sand and stone and pool and dell, fare you well, fare you well. Home is behind the world ahead, and there are many paths to tread through shadows to the edge of night, until the stars are all alight, then world behind and home ahead, will wander back to home and bed. Mist and twilight, cloud and shade, away shall fade, away shall fade, fire and lamp and meat and bread, and then to bed, and then to bed. Ooh, the song ended. Yeah. And now to bed, and now to bed, sang Pippin in a high voice. 
And uh... then we get the even... I, I love how it's like this fun little like song that immediately gets cut off with just the most uncanny... Like, they hear the sound of horse hooves That's again weird. on the road. Frodo wants to stick around. Uh, don't let us go too far, said Frodo. I don't want to be seen, but I want to see if it's another black rider. Very well, said Pippin, but don't forget, don't forget the, sniffing. the sniffing. Don't forget the sniffing. <laughs> I need, like, a picture, like, like, almost like a propaganda poster of, like, you know, like the Uncle Sam. Like, I need you. <laughs> it's Pippin, Pippin pointing at you, and it's going, don't forget the sniffing. That's how you know when something is awry. Uh, and this time, the figure actually gets off the horse and starts crawling toward them. The fact that it's crawling, not walking, oh, crawling creepy. while sniffing. I imagine... I imagine... I don't know why my voice is... Ma- <laughs> I imagine... Uh, if you think of, like, um, how Gollum kind of moves with his, like, kind of gangly limbs, yeah. that's how I picture this ringwraith moving as it kind of moves towards Ugh. them. Like, it's on, like, its fingertips instead of on Ugh. its hands. It's on its fingertips. It. So it's it. like... Again, the horror potential of Lord of the Rings is so fucking good, especially when it's juxtaposed into the fucking Shire, where everything's yeah. supposed to be nice and safe, and no, nothing bad ever happens. Nothing bad happens there. Nothing bad get, ever happens. Now you get creepy, like, hooded things sniffing towards you. What are, the, what are things coming to? So we have, uh, it's, um, it's like moving towards Frodo, and Frodo can't move because he's just scared to death. But luckily, who comes to the rescue but a bunch of singing elves? Elves! Exclaimed elves, Sam in a hoarse whisper. Elves, sir! Exclaimed Tori as well. <laughs> he would have burst out of the trees and dashed off toward the voices if they had not pulled him back. <laughs> that is you. And they're they're saved by elves, which, uh, uh, is it right here that it says? But as soon as, like, the, the creepy creature hears the elves, he kind of yeah. runs away. Uh, but at that moment, there came a sound like mingled song and laughter. Clear voices rose and fell in the starlit air. The black shadow straightened up and retreated. It climbed onto the shadowy horse and seemed to vanish across the lane into the darkness on the other side. Frodo breathed again. Love that. And I love how Sam's like, I think I saw an elf once in the forest. And it's like, there's a chance that he did because... These elves like coming through the Shire, and they often have business away west of the Shire, and they're just on their way home. Uh, we have uh, also their first song uh, to yes. Elbreth. They spoke of Elbreth, and do you know who Elbreth is? No. Should I? They're, they're singing about Varda. Is that another name for Varda? Elbereth is the Sindarin name for Varda. Varda oh, is the hey. Quenyan. This entire song is about Varda. Now I gotta, now now I gotta see it again in this new light. Yeah. Snow white, snow white, O lady clear, O queen beyond the western seas, O light to us that wander here amid the world of woven trees. Gilfoniel, O Elbereth, clear are thy eyes and bright thy breath. Snow White, Snow White, we sing to thee in a far land beyond the sea. O stars that in the sunless year with shining hand by her were sown, in windy fields now bright and clear we see your silver blossom blown. O Elbereth, Gilthoniel, we still remember we who dwell in this far land beneath the trees. 
thy starlight on the western seas. I love it. I love it so. What is Gilthoniel? Gilthoniel, I believe it's another name for her. I believe Gilthoniel is Star Kindler, I want to say. Yeah, so Elbereth is just another name for Varda. And then Gilthoniel is her title, which is Star Kindler, because oh, that's beautiful. she has created the songs. Gilthoniel. Star Kindler? Yep, Star Kindler. God, I love that. I freaking love that. I thought you would when I pointed <laughs> it out. I'm like, if, if she doesn't already know, oh she's going to love God. this. And I love this description of the elves. Before long, the elves came down the lane towards the valley. They passed slowly, and the hobbits could see the starlight glimmering on their hair and in their eyes. They bore no lights, yet as they walked, a shimmer, like the light of the moon above the rim of the hills before it rises, seemed to fall about their feet. They were now silent, and as the last elf passed, he turned and looked towards the hobbits and laughed. Hail Frodo! Actually, do you want to do this as our, uh... Yeah. Our, uh... Our little, our little read thing. through. Hail, Frodo! He cried. You are abroad late, or are you perhaps lost? Then he called aloud to the others, and all the company stopped and gathered around. This is indeed wonderful, they said. Three hobbits in a wood at night? We've not seen such a thing since Bilbo went away. What is the meaning of it? The meaning of it, fair people, said Frodo. It's simply that we seem to be going the same way as you are. I like walking under the stars, but I would welcome your company. But we have no need for other company, and hobbits are so dull. They laughed. And how would you know that we go the same way as you? For you do not know whither we are going. And how do you know my name? Asked Frodo in return. We know many things. They said. We've seen you often before with Bilbo, though you may not have seen us. Who are you, and who is your lord? Asked Frodo. I'm Gildor, answered their leader, the elf who had first hailed him. Gildor and Glorian, of the house of Finrod. We are exiles, and most of our kindred have long ago departed, and we too are now only tarrying here a while, ere we return over the great sea. But some of our kinsfolk dwell still in peace in Rivendell. Come now, Frodo, tell us what you are doing, for we see there is some shadow of fear upon you. Oh, wise people, interrupted Pippin eagerly. Tell us about the Black Riders. Black Riders? They said in low voices. Why do you ask about Black Riders? Because two Black Riders have overtaken us today, or one has done so twice, said Pippin. Only a little while ago, he slipped away as you drew near. The elves did not answer at once, but spoke together softly in their own tongue. At length, Gildor turned to the hobbits. We will not speak of this here, he said. We think you had best come now with us. It is not our custom, but for this time we will take you on our road, and you shall lodge with us tonight, if you will. Oh, fair folk, this is good fortune beyond my hope, said Pippin. Sam was speechless. Oh, that's me. I thank you indeed, Gildor and Glorian, said Frodo, bowing. Oh, I'm not going to be able to say that. Do you, do you, you have try that? Try it. Try it. Uh, Ellen Sila. El Ellen Sila. Lumen. Lumen. Omen Tielvo. Omen Tielvo? Omen Tielvo. 
Ellen Ciela Lumen, Omentielvo. <laughs> okay, let me try it all at once. Ellen Ciela Lumen, Omentielvo. A star shines on the hour of our meeting, he added in the high elven speech. Be careful, friends, cried Gildor, laughing. Speak no secrets. Here is a scholar in the ancient tongue. Bilbo was a good master. Hail, elf friend, he said, bowing to Frodo. Come now with your friends and join our company. You'd best walk in the middle so that you may not stray. You may be weary before we halt. Why? Where are you going? asked Frodo. For tonight we go to the woods on the hills above Woodhall. It is some miles, but you shall have rest at the end of it, and it will shorten your journey tomorrow. They now marched on again in silence, and passed like shadows and faint lights, for elves, even more than hobbits, could walk when they wished without sound or footfall. Pippin soon began to feel sleepy, and staggered once or twice, but each time a tall elf at his side put out his arm and saved him from a fall. Sam walked along at Frodo's side, as if in a dream, with an expression of his face half of fear and half of astonished joy. So cute! I love that little love first it. meeting. First little introduction to, like, actual elves, an elven meeting, and just yes. Sam's, like, shock. Like, Sam didn't say a whole word of this, huh? No. Yeah. It's like meeting a celebrity. <laughs> and Frodo throwing out some elvish? Cute. Yes. Throwing out Elvish, yeah. He's got it all. Love it. I love it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm glad that we had that little lesson. I feel like every time we come across, like, an Elvish phrase, we gotta have, like, a little, like, Duolingo. Elvish language lesson. <laughs> yeah, a little Duolingo. And I, and now you can use that whenever you greet uh Molly. Oh my god. A gosh. star shines on the hour of our meeting. So cute. I love that. And that was something he obviously learned from Bilbo, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bilbo definitely taught him Elvish. That's so cool. Gotta, gotta love him. Love that. Uh, so now they got a little, like, uh, chaperones on their journey. Yeah. Taking They're like, them okay, we're taking care of you guys. Fall asleep. But they don't sleep for long because then the elves say, Come, now is the time for speech and merriment. Yeah, because uh, they gotta have a party. Gotta have a party. They gotta have a party. So there's a fire, food. Did they mention any alcohol? Pouring drink. Heaped plates and dishes. It seems to me good enough for a birthday party. Which yeah, you deserve, have... Frodo. You deserve. Yeah, they're like, oh, this is very simple, Fair. Sorry, if if you came to our actual houses, we'd... We'd be able to feed you better, but because we're traveling, this is all we got. And they're like, nah, this stuff's great. I don't it's know what you're talking incredible. about. I love this line, too, because it was such a good party that it made hobbits forget about food. Pippin afterwards yes. recalled little of either food or drink, for his mind was filled with the light upon the elf faces and the sound of voices so various and so beautiful that he felt it in a waking dream. Whenever yes. Jimmy describes elf parties, it's like, I want to be there. I want to be there. Just any parties, like even Bilbo's party, it just sounded like uh, such a good time. And you also have Sam's reaction of, Sam could never describe in words nor picture clearly to himself what he felt or thought that night, though it remained in his memory as one of the chief events of his life. One of the chief the events. Ever, 
one of the chief events. All the shit that he goes through, this is still <laughs> one of the chief events. The nearest he ever got was to say, well, sir, if I could grow apples like that, I'd, I would call myself a gardener. <laughs> but it was the singing that went to my heart, if you know what I mean. And of course, I love how Frodo keeps, like, flexing his, like, elvish muscles, like, using elvish, and it just delights the elves, where they're just like, here is a jewel among hobbits. We didn't know how we felt about hobbits, but this one, this one, this guy, this is this a good guy. one. <laughs> well, he's elf friend. He's already an elf friend. I love that they already deemed him an elf friend too. Yeah, you got it. Like, look at him. Look at this little guy. <laughs> uh, and then Frodo just stays up talking into the night with Gildor. Um, and then it is it this yeah here when it gets a little dark again, and he asks about. Um. Well, they kind of play a little like cat and mouse where he doesn't tell them what he's doing, but he kind of knows what they're doing. And he kind of gives them a little warning about the Black Riders. Um, yeah. And Gildor is shocked that Gandalf didn't tell him because Gandalf is still missing in action. He's still MIA. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's still out there. Yeah, so yeah, he, he takes counsel with Gildor. And we get this lovely uh, little interaction of, like, talking about the enemy. And mm. Gildor's basically like, what are the Black Riders? And he's like, has Gandalf not told you anything? And he said, no, nothing about this. And he's like, I don't think it's for me to say. This is yeah. very dark lore. Which is, and like, you fair must... and valid. Yeah. And he's also like, it might just, if I tell you, it might scare you so badly that you won't be willing to continue on, yeah. but you need to. And what, like, it's like, what choice does he really have in this? Yeah. Which, he just needs uh, to keep going. Uh, it's kind of like, do you want to know? Yeah, like, do you, I don't think you do. Or I don't do think you, you let really your, your imagination, know. like, kind of run with what it could be? I mean, if you're not, if you don't have that much of an imagination, it won't be that bad. But at the same time, you have to take it seriously. So mm -hmm. uh, we have then my favorite little line of Gildor was silent for a moment. I do. Oh, well, first off, they find out that Gildor finds out that Gandalf is late. And that's mm -hmm. very, it's a very rare thing. Gildor was silent for a moment. I do not like the snooze, he said at last. That Gandalf should be late does not bode well. But it is said, do not meddle in the affairs of wizards, for they are subtle and quick to anger. The choice is yours, to go or wait. And it is also said, answered Frodo, go not to the elves for counsel, for they will say both no and yes. Is it indeed, laughed Gildor. Elves seldom give unguarded advice, for advice is a dangerous gift, even from the wise to the wise, and all courses may run ill. Cheeky, cheeky Frodo, but also true. Mm -hmm. And it is, advice can be very dangerous because it, it can pull someone to action when they might not have Could committed to it. One way or other. I kind of felt that line a little bit too because whenever friends ask me for advice, I don't usually give them an answer. I usually like talk it through with them and have them come to oh, the yeah. answer they already wanted. Because if things go ill, it's almost kind of on you for giving that advice. So yeah. it's very wise. Yeah. And who knows? Not all courses, some courses may run ill. Like, you can't predict what exactly is going to happen. So it's always best that you go with your own foot forward than someone else's. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Wise, but like, not helpful to Frodo. <laughs> yeah, and Frodo uh, asks about the uh, the what to do about the Black Riders, and Gilgalad's like, "Run away from them, flee them, speak no words to them. They are deadly. Ask no more of me." But uh, and then this is kind of foreboding. They are dead. Uh, uh, but my heart forebodes that ere all has ended, you, Frodo, son of Drogo, will know more of all these things and Gildor and Glorian. May Elbereth protect you. And May Elbereth yeah, Frodo protect does, you. Frodo does come away with all that knowledge, but at what cost? What what sick, deadly cost? Yeah, I, I love the next lines, too. But where shall I find courage? asked Frodo. That is what I chiefly need. Courage is found in unlikely places. Be of yeah. good hope. I like that he ended it a little bit with, like, you can do it. I believe in you, little Frodo. Little yeah, funky guy. And then after all of that, Frodo says, I will sleep now. <laughs> I sleep now. I go to sleep now. <laughs> and he does. And that's that's where it ends. That's the end of that chapter. And with that chapter, our queer count is now at 5, 10, 15, 16, 17. 17. 17 queers. Not including myself and Paul. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> We, uh, even only being three chapters in, we got quite a big chunk of the book already done. Making our way downtown. Walk in fast. Black riders pass. And we're buckling bound. We are on our way. We have this lovely introduction of the elves. I love them. I love them love so. Them. We don't really get elves in the movies until Rivendell, right? Until Arwen, yeah. Until we re meet Arwen in the films. So next chapter of Shortcut to Mushrooms. Are we just doing that yep. one? Flipping through. Um, That's kind of short. And mine is that like one's short. 10 pages. Let's do... Yeah, next, next episode will be chapter 4 and chapter 5. So a shortcut to so mushrooms. So a shortcut to mushrooms, and then a conspiracy unmasked. All right. All right, all right. I'm excited. Is that our next? No. Our next? So that'll be a little bit. Y'all will get an extra week yeah, to we read still got an extra time. chapter, yeah. because we next episode we're going to talk about Rings of Power, because the finale will have been out. Yes. Oh, man. I still have to watch oh. the last episode. No spoilers. It's so good. I'm, <laughs> I've been really loving this. Eee. I feel like I feel like we definitely need Aaron for this one. Okay. I'll see. I'll see how busy check, they are. Check their schedule. Check their schedule. Ensure that the uh, recordings are not corrupted. Yeah, we'll have some backups. Yeah, several backups. <laughs> uh yeah and with that thank you everyone for listening special thanks of course to jack hook for composing our music here yeah jack hey jack uh special thanks of course to evelyn for our new cover art thank yeah, you evelyn. evelyn and special thanks to all our patrons over on patreon hey, who allow us to uh put more time into uh, creating extra bonus content. If you would like to join our Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash the silly Merillion. Mm -hmm. Yes, the silly Merillion. 
Uh, and you can also find us on Twitter at Silly Merlins. You can also yeah. find me on Twitter at Good Looking Geek. And you can find Tori at Toriello underscore. Yeah, uh, go freak out with us that, on Twitter. Yeah, freak out with us on Twitter. <laughs> My, I've mostly been posting uh, House of the Dragons. Yeah, stuff, you've been jumping I, I around you. fandoms. Also some of a- Andor? Andor, Star Wars yeah. Show? Yeah. It's because every week I have three shows to watch. Like new it's episodes. It's so exciting. I love having good content. Meanwhile, so, I think mine has all been good. Lord of the Rings and Critical Role. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're catching up with uh, Campaign 2, I saw, so... Oh. oh, man. So there's so much good... I'm at, like, good storylines, both in their current Campaign 3 and in yeah. Campaign 2. It's a good They're nerdy good time. Good nerdy time over on our Twitters. <laughs> it's always painful when you can... When you get something from Sam Regal. I wasn't expecting anyway. it. I was not expecting it. Anyway, thank you all for joining us today, and uh, we'll see you next time. Da-da-da. Da-da-da.